This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Empire. Streamlining the outfitting of teams. In general, what what people are finding is the administrators that do choose to use us is they're recovering a significant amount of time and stress. Um, and so net net, you know, we're we think we're on the right side of history here with this one. Yep. And uh, we're definitely transforming the way people buy these items. That's Gary Goldberg, CEO of Squad Locker, who is modernizing the youth sports uniform. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. When I played soccer as a kid, we would show up to practice and our league-issued uniform would then show up with a color we didn't pick and the mad dash to get the number we liked began. Times have changed from the coach pulling out a couple of cardboard boxes of shirts from his trunk to the future where customization has arrived. Our guest this week is the CEO of Squad Locker, Gary Goldberg, who has offered a service that will streamline getting all your kids' gear in youth sports in any league. Hi, Gary. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you today? Good. All right. Tell me a little bit about Squad Locker and why you started it. Sure. So Squad Locker is a tech-enabled service company that makes it really easy for youth sports administrators, coaches, teachers, uh, even corporations to design uh, apparel that they want their community to have access to, make it available for sale. Um, and then from there, we go ahead and individually decorate every garment on a single unit basis and deliver it direct to the consumer's homes. So we take out all the organizational stress of collecting payments and figuring out sizes and handing stuff out and give them that time back to enjoy the things that are more important to their community and themselves. Why? How, how did you get into this? Where, what brought you to this? So I'm a third generation textile uh, engineer. I've been in textiles my whole life. And uh, my wife and I were raising three kids. And I brought my middle child to get his soccer uniform. And uh, it's like I went back in time. <laughs> this was probably nine. This is probably, he's 21. So it's probably like 2007 maybe or 2008 when I, when I brought him there. And it was the exact same look and feel and process as when my dad brought me to get my, you know, Little League uniform or whatever it is that he bought me. And so then I went home and and saw my wife purchasing all the different things that our home needed um, from her iPad. And I thought to myself, wow, these are two completely different worlds. Uh, What makes them so different? And really what we discovered was not so much the tech side, because things like Shopify and other e-commerce solutions were coming on the scene but really the ability to decorate uh, complex garments individually uh, was the missing piece on a single unit basis. And so when we started to play around with that, uh, we found a market that was 
really thirsty and hungry for this type of solution. And uh, we thought it would be a, a good good adventure to take on. So you are asking now the parents to what used to be the one thing was everyone showed up. There were the jerseys. People picked their numbers. I agree with you. That's not modern. Now you're asking everybody to do it. Um, is everyone participating? What, what's the feedback that you're getting from teams? Feedback from the administrators is is very positive. And, uh, you know, the, the consumers like us because we, we try. We really, really effort to take great care of them. I mean, we've got, you know, over a thousand five-star reviews on Google and, and similarly on Trustpilot. But like any company that's in this space at this time, you know, we're not immune to supply chain challenges. We have some programs that choose a certain item and then the vendor that makes that item makes it difficult for us to get it. And there, you know, creates frustration and disharmony for small periods of time. But I think in general, what what people are finding is the administrators that do choose to use us is they're recovering a significant amount of time and stress. And so net net, you know, we're, we think we're on the right side of history here with this one. Yep. And uh, we're definitely transforming the way people buy these items. Um, tell me a little bit about the challenges. Were they exacerbated over the last couple of years um, as you've tried to streamline the process for everybody? totally exacerbated during the time of COVID because as Asia and some of these other low labor cost countries that do the original blank garment manufacturing got shut down or disrupted. And then, you know, the inbound freight challenges that the world saw out in the port of uh, Long Beach, California and other ports of entry, we got involved with a real log jam of missing inventories. And so that made things hard. Uh, we tried at times to swap certain garments out for other garments and make things available, which just put more overhead stress and more administrative burden internally in the company to try and make things right on a continuous basis. So I would say COVID net net was challenging for us, but Hey, look, it was challenging for the whole world. Yep. Um, but definitely got exacerbated during that time. Pre COVID, the idea of not having access to a blank garment didn't exist for us. We didn't, we actually didn't have that challenge. So it really had us rethinking how we need to manage our supply chains. We're, going deeper and deeper into sublimation, which um, doesn't have a blank garment to start. It just has a roll of fabric. So that makes things a little bit uh, easier in order to predicting demand. Um, and we've also taken on more inventory here onto our balance sheet. You know, pre-COVID, we had an uh, uh, insane amount of inventory turns relative to revenue. And that number is coming down because we're obligating ourselves to hold more blank inventory to prepare for people. Okay. Let's talk about what is next for you all. Um do you view yourselves just solely as a clothing company? Do you believe you'll be a social media company, an NFT company? How do you, how do you kind of see the future for Squad Locker? That's an interesting question, and I don't think anybody's asked us that in all the different times we've discussed things. Uh, we are, first and foremost, a company that's really good at decorating apparel and getting it to people as quickly and as accurately as possible, and that's kind of like our heartbeat. Um. I don't believe we're a social media company. I think we'd like to be more present on social media and tell our story, particularly inside the company. I think Squad Locker has a really cool culture and it's a really special place. And I'd like more people to understand that because I think it would help us and them understand each other. But I think at the end of the day, you know, we just want to acquire more accounts and continue to grow and do what we do, which is giving people more time back to invest in the things that are important to them. Okay. And when you say, um, 
you want people to know about the company. What's the culture part of it that you want people to know about? You know, we, we have an expression, we love teams and that's kind of our hashtag and that's our, our byline. And the reason we love teams is because, you know, being on a team helps you learn to win and lose with dignity, learn to rely on other people for your success. It's the critical part of becoming a fully productive person in this world is understanding your relationship with the people around you and how to work with them, not necessarily always against them. And being on a team helps you do that. And I think internally we do a really good job of living that mantra. And, uh, you know, we care for each other. Um, we rely on each other. We're very transparent with each other. And so for me, I think that's a special thing. I hear in many other organizations that there's tremendous dysfunction. And I can imagine there would be dysfunction if you didn't kind of talk the talk and walk the walk the way we try and do. So uh, for that, I would like people to understand how we do it and why we do it and what the net results are so that they could also do it in their organizations. Because ultimately, if they become a better team, communities are better. People learn to work with each other better. They could see that as an example. And uh, you don't have to look too far to understand how contentious the world is. Yeah. And so my only point is if we can make it a little less contentious by leading by example, that could be good for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I can hear it in your voice. You're very passionate about, about youth sports. Um, why? Where did that come from? Was that your own personal experience? I'm very passionate about youth sports for a variety of different dimensions. One, I had three children. We have three children. My wife and I have raise or can, I don't think you ever stop raising your kids. Right. I mean, I was with my parents this week and I'm 52 years old and my, my parents are still raising me. Just go ask them or sit in on a conversation. And it becomes quite clear what they're trying to do. But, uh, for, for us and our three kids, sports played a tremendous role in building their character. I'll give you one very quick story. Our three children went to a private Quaker, Rhode Island. It's a 230 something year old school. Um, it's a wonderful place to learn academics, very rigorous academic environment. My son, my oldest son, the end of his senior year, uh, when there was just getting into the senior projects and you didn't have to be on campus all the time, he said to me, dad, I'm going to get a job at the Red Sox. So I said to him, congratulations, you go do that and good luck. And he came back about four days later, he goes, dad, I got a job at the Red Sox. I'm going to take tickets and clean seats and, you know, greet people when they come in. I said, that's great. We live in Providence. The Red Sox are in Boston. What are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to take the train up. I'll take the train back. It's 10 bucks. It's no big deal. I said, buddy, you still in school. Opening days, like opening day games, like a, a one, one o'clock game. What are you doing? And he said, I'll work on it with the school. I'll figure it out. So I said, okay. And then he did. And he came home one night after a doubleheader, rain delay, 40 degree game, soaking wet, jeans, shirt, jacket, takes the one o'clock train back. And he just looked white and exhausted. And I said to him, which is probably the wrong thing to say to him looking back, but I said to him, Hey, if you're a little over your skis here and you want to not do this, it's okay. You know, mom and I wouldn't be disappointed or upset in you. And he looked me right in the eye and he said, I can't do that. Dad. What would have, what would coach Willie have said if the football practices were too cold or too long? And I said to him, coach, I'm not going to do this anymore. He, you know, he would have given me my ass. And I said, no, look, I, I agree with you. Coach Willie's right, and I, I really admire that. So Coach Willie, who is, doesn't look like me, doesn't act like me, has a very different background than I do, was able to instill 
a sense of discipline and respect uh, and endurance in my son that I didn't necessarily give him. And that's one of hundreds, if not thousands of stories about how coaches affected my three children growing up. And they're very, very different kids, very different athletes, different academic kids. They're, they're just very, very different. But we spent a lot of money at that school teaching them calculus, fourth and fifth years of foreign languages, uh, reading and writing, you know, the complete works of Shakespeare, everything you would imagine at a very rigorous prep school. I would argue that none of that mattered compared to what Coach Willie taught my son. Day in, day out. They've forgotten all the academics, but those, those other lessons last, last a lifetime. That's a great story. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Guys, are you looking for that extra confidence when it's time to have fun? Let me tell you about BlueChew.com. BlueChew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. BlueChew's tablets help men combat all forms of ED. BlueChew is also an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, all done online. Blue Chew's tablets, made in the United States, and they prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code FUTURE, F-U-T-R, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com, promo code FUTURE, F-U-T-R, to receive your first month free. As you are clearly monitoring youth sports, you're seeing orders come in. Um, what's the state of youth sports in your estimation coming off a pandemic where for a year or longer, a number of leagues were shut down? So um, we're growing still on a year over year basis. We had a slight dip in our revenues right at the start of COVID. And then as things transitioned to you know non-contact delivery, which became a big theme, we built some enthusiasm around our platform during that time. So it's difficult for me to necessarily say exactly what's going on in esports, but I'll tell you, man, there were some really weird times like spring last year, there was the fall season that got delayed and the spring season simultaneously. There's a potential youth sports participant right there. Um, so we had like football season and spring season at the same time, which was, which was really weird, but, from, from what we can tell, we, 
youth sports seems to be back and, you know, in full steam ahead right now. On youth sports as a whole, where are you on the rise of video games? The choices that kids have that maybe are a little bit different than the ones that we grew up with when playing was a bigger part of our lifestyle. Um, how are you kind of viewing screen time versus exercise time versus team time? How do you kind of see all of that? Yeah, so that's another great question. Esports and e-teams are a real thing. It has real momentum and real participation. I mean, you're seeing it at the collegiate level now even. In fact, we just announced a deal with a company called StemFuse that is trying to infuse STEM education into uh, the esports environment. So not only you're learning to play games, but you're also learning like, what does a CPU mean? And, you know, how do you write software to make the game work and things like that? So I think the more attention it gets, probably the better it is for, for everybody. I still, I mean, the way we raised our children, I still think this is fundamentally important. Look, we're not going to remove screens from kids. It's just impossible because so much education content now comes through screens. Uh, but there's nothing like, you know, playing outdoors and using your imagination with sticks and mud and wood and metal. And like I was a huge model boat builder as a kid. And, you know, we did Legos at home while the while my kids had iPhones or whatever it was when the iPhone was before that had a cell card in it. I forgot what that thing was called. But I mean, you know, my kids were grew up around them and uh, I, I think it's a very, very important balance to play around physical education as well as digital education. And if parents are listening, hopefully they're aware of that and they look to engage kids to do things physically because a healthy body is a healthy mind and you can't separate the two. Okay. Last thing. Um, when I was a kid and playing on my soccer teams or basketball teams, coach came in, hand out the jerseys. They're all the same, even for the entire league. They look in general, the same. I'm, I'm going to guess that some of that is still similar now. Um, where is individualization coming into jerseys these days for teams, kids, etc.? So depending on the rigor of the league or the team, that can be limited, right? So if you join like a really high-end, like recruited D1 high school travel team, you know, you're going to have a very, very tight look because a unified look equates to a unified mission and everybody needs to look sharp, act sharp. That being said, um, you know, we're exploring in our product constantly the ability to let people do more on their own um, and see if there is an interest in having individuals within a team have the opportunity to add a little pizzazz or a little something that's meaningful to them, much like the NFL did with footwear, uh, where they let, you know, at certain times of the year, people draw different messages on their shoes and stuff like that. We're really interested in that. Um, there are a lot of flag football leagues right now that we're working with that are very loose around what names you put on and whether you have a number or don't have a number. So, you know, if you wanted to put Brady 12 on the back of your flag football jersey, a lot of these leagues allow it um, because there's, you know, small groups and it's kind of like a low penalty kind of thing. So I think you're on to something. I think individualism is going to be a big trend going forward. I think the ability to continue to self-customize or express yourself on your clothing is a huge trend. Um, it all, it's all about governance and rules and which sports and which communities allow for it or not. But I definitely think that's going to be an edge that continues to bleed 
bleed over into something more creative over time. Gary Goldberg is the CEO of Squad Locker. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Great seeing you. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. On the next Future Sport Podcast, we'll deep dive into marketing, branding, and Web3. And so as that shift in attention happened, it led to all types of uh, new outlets, different from kind of the old guard media, similar to the podcast we're doing right now, and um, new ways to speak and engage with consumer. And I think that in the ad agency space, you know, where I came from was part of a, a bigger, kind of more traditional shop five years ago. It was very much like a, a, a top down, let me tell you my message, yeah. you know, by broadcasting that versus bottom up. That's Nick Maritas, executive vice president at VaynerMedia, who will discuss how social media changed how branding experts listen to their fans. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.